Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. The Listener's Playhouse of the National Broadcasting Company proudly presents Parker Fenley, the distinguished actor in his own sketch, Christmas Eve at Crump's. Mr. Fenley will be assisted by Miss Carol Peterson. Old Eli Crump is the meanest man in town. Why, Eli Crump is so mean that... Well, but wait, here's the play. This is a story of Christmas Eve, of Christmas Eve and old Eli Crump. Now, you've probably never heard of old Eli Crump in all your life, but... If you've ever driven through Sleepy Valley and asked, well, of course, you wouldn't have asked such a question, but just supposing, you'd asked who was the meanest man in the village. Why, anybody there would have told you, and without giving your query a moment's thought, old Eli Crump. There's a narrow road leading north out of Sleepy Valley. It just kind of leads north for a ways, then it stops, a dead-end road. Well, at the end of that road, you'll find the Eli Crump place. Now, on Christmas Eve, as you'd naturally expect, there's snow on the roof of the weather-beaten house and the weather-beaten barn and the remnants of a slushy snow on the roadway. But there's nothing else that's in the spirit of the Christmas season there. No tinsel tree, no wreaths in the windows, no stockings hung before a crackling fire by little children, none of these tokens of this happiest time of the year, none at all. Only old Eli Crump, the meanest old man in town, sitting by his kitchen table while Comfort Crump, his unmarried sister, sits nearby in a rocker, knitting. Let's eavesdrop, shall we? You didn't kill a chicken, did you, Eli? Forty-two and forty carry makes forty-six. What chicken? Well, I thought we might have a chicken for dinner tomorrow. I can't eat chicken. Too hearty. Gives me the dyspepsy. Forty-six and three is forty-nine. Don't give me dyspepsy. Man knows I ought to be used to going without by this time. But Christmas don't ever seem like Christmas without a chicken or, or a turkey. Turkey? My God, for you talk like a millionaire. I ain't had a bite of turkey in 30 years. 52 and 7 makes 50. Raise enough of them. Chickens, too, but we never get them. I don't raise them for eating. Not when I can get money for them. I don't know why other folks should have all the good things in the world. Let them, let them. Let them kill themselves, cramming their gullets with rich food like gluttons and wine bibbers, as the good book calls them. I don't care as long as they pay for it. Give me a good mess of corned beef and cabbage, Christmas Day or any other day. It's filling, and the price is somewhere near reasonable. Sixty-three and five to carry. Christmas only comes once a year. Christmas don't mean nothing to me, except I always have trouble collecting my mortgage money the day after from that worthless whelp of Alonzo Puff. Uh, Sixty-eight, that's right. What in the world you adding up there over and over? I guess you know what it is, all right. This grocery bill at Twinum's. I've been hoping they made a mistake in it, but I can't find none. You got to get rid of one of them fool tomcats you on. They eat as much as a human being. Cat meat runs into money. I won't. I won't do it. Them two cats is all I got in this world, and I ain't going to give them up. Nobody keeps two cats anymore, except people on relief. Now, here, says cat meat, 21 cents. Cat meat, 11 cents. Liver for cats, 30 cents. Cats living like the royal family. They're always as hungry as all get out when I give them their victuals. You pamper them. Let them go catch a mouse or a chickadee. They got to learn we're living in lean times. 
Was this all the mail, this outrageous bill from the store? No. There's another letter in the paper and an almanac from the fertilizer company. Well, 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 I want to see my mail when there is some. Unless it's more bills, it's going to bankrupt well, me. There it is right there. There's the paper and the other things is under it. Can't you see? Uh, well, I guess i got to get me a new pair of glasses. These has been cracked so long, they've commenced to grow together again. Say, you know, this postage stamp ain't hardly canceled so you can see it tall. Steam it off the envelope tomorrow when you get the kettle boiling. I'll use that. Every penny counts in this administration. Where's the letter from? I ain't got it open yet. Give me time, will you? Uh, <coughs> Zadok Blazedo, what's he want? Says, dear neighbor Eli, as you know, I am again running for the office of deputy sheriff. Some of my political opponents, opponents are circulating lying reports about my letting those two prisoners escape from the county jail last month and suggesting that I was bribed. Knowing me, you will know better. Now, who will? Says, I hope that my many old friends will rally to support me in the coming special election and that I may be swept into office. Swept, yeah. All the dirt before the broom. Uh, if you can see your way clear to support me in my campaign and to use your influence with our fellow voters, I shall hop, hope, I shall hope, to be able to return the favor in some way. Yours for honest law enforcement, Zadok Blazedo. Return the favor. Never even returned the hatchet he borrowed from me back when Cleveland was president. I tell you, the man that gets my vote has got to pay for it. Anyway, Zadok is dishonest, I'm afraid. Hark. I want Hark neither. His mother was one of them no-good hearses. No, no, Hark. I hear somebody, I mean. Oh. What's anybody doing here tonight? Listen, will you? Coming to the front door. Uh, messing up the piazza. I'll, I'll get rid of him. No, you won't neither. I'll take this lamp. No, don't... You light the other one on the mantelpiece if you don't want to set in the dark. Ah, wasting kerosene. Now, if they're selling something, tell them we don't want none. Oh, all right. Maybe they've lost their way. If they just want drinking water, tell them to eat snow. Oh, uh, how much did you tell them you'd charge them for the room? Dollar and a half for the three of them. Uh, you could have got two just as easy as not. That front chamber's a mighty pleasant room. Hair wreath on the mantel and stuffed loon and all. How big's the young one? Just a mite of a thing. Bright enough. Bright as a dollar. He's a nice-looking man in a peaked sort of a way. Pale as a ghost. Said they'd been driving since early morning. Got on this road by mistake. Didn't have gasoline enough to go much further. I told them that you could let them have some, but they said they'd stay over until tomorrow anyway. Well, I've got gasoline in the barn, yes. It's for sale, too. At a price. They won't get it at the regular rate, of course, under the circumstances. I told them to get a good night's rest, and you'd help them out in the morning. If they can pay for it. I guess they can. He left his car out back of the house. What's the female like? Just a pretty little thing. They both of them looked dead tired. Except the little girl. She was wide awake. Guess likely she'd had a nap in the automobile. They better keep her still in the morning. I ain't going to be waked up by no crying brat. If I don't sleep through till five o'clock, I get to feeling bad all the next day. <clears throat> What'd you do with the dollar fifty? I got it. Right here in my apron pocket. Better let me carry it. Can't be too careful with strangers in the house. I was just noticing here in the newspaper... Another fellow escaped from the state's prison at Thomaston. Some doctor. Country's overrun with criminals, seems like. I don't know what the world's coming to. Dishonesty and greed and avarice everywhere. <clears throat> Give me the dollar and a half, Comfort. 
That'll help pay for your cat meat. Well, come on, come on, Comfort, will you? <sighs> That's it. Wait. This dollar bill's tore. Well, maybe it's all right. All right, now go on to bed. I'm going to set up for a spell longer. I got some more figuring to do here. Figuring? Figuring? Don't you never think of nothing but money? Lucky for you that I don't, or you'd be in the poorhouse. I guess the good Lord would take care of me. I'm doing his work, Comfort. I'm his humble worker in the vineyard, trying to carry out his wishes as I see him. Amen. Why else do you suppose I'd be kind and patient with you? Shut the door, will you? You're wasting the heat. Eight and six is fourteen and three is seventeen. Cat meat. Animals living on the fat of the land and not bringing in nothing. Six percent of 180 for three months is... is let's see. Six? That's you, Comfort? What's the matter? You got heartburn? Yet too much. It's me. What? I'm a little girl from upstairs. What you doing awake? I couldn't go to sleep. Are you the grandpa man? Huh? Are you the grandpa in this house? No, and I ain't deaf neither. You better go back to bed. I'm busy here. Six times three is eight. You suppose there are funny pictures in that paper on the table? I didn't see none. Just a couple of senators. You better go back to your folks. I guess you don't like little girls. I don't. Oh, that's too bad. I guess you must be sick. My daddy says that when people are cross like you, it's because they're sick. It's their metabolism. I think that's what he said. Metabolism. How does he know? He's a doctor. And he's a very good doctor, too. He didn't have no right to go to prison. Prison? Oh, I guess you didn't know that, did you? I'm not supposed to tell, either. My mommy said that I was never to tell anything about it to anybody. And don't you ever tell, will you? What, uh, what's your father's name? Dr. Francis M. Conwell, M.D. We're going to get away into Canada tomorrow, and then maybe Alaska. Did you ever see any Eskimos? No. Did you ever see a whale? Dr. Conwell, eh? Or a polar bear? No, no, no. Don't you ever tell anybody, or I don't know what I'd do. Your, uh, your papa and mama asleep, are they? Sound asleep. That's why I could come down to visit you without their hearing me. Did you ever see an igloo? No, 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 of course not. Was it the prison at Thomaston? Yes. Ah. What are you doing? Uh, I... I'm just looking at something in this newspaper here. The senators? No, no, no. What's this thing here on the shelf? A radio? Music box. Don't break it. Listen, uh, <clears throat> you stay here for a minute, will you? I'm going out in the entryway. Will it play music? We don't ever play it no more. Yeah, here's a picture book you can look at till I get back. Don't tear it. I'm always very careful with books. The Pirate of the Golden Cave. Have you got another little girl here? No. A little boy? No. There was a little girl once. That's an old book. I won't be gone long. My gracious. These are horrible-looking pirates, all right. Hello. Hello, Miss Pruitt? Yeah, get me Zadok Blaisdell, will you? No, 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 Blaisdell, Zadok. Yeah. Dr. Conrad, huh? Hello, hello, Zade? Eli, Eli Crump, yeah. Well, I just got your letter. Well, I've been gone all day. Now, I'm willing to give you my support, maybe, 
It all depends. Wait, wait, I ain't got no time for long stories. I, uh, I think I know how you could put a feather in your bonnet before election. Yeah. How'd you like to get the credit for catching a prisoner escaped from Thomaston? Never mind where he is now. I ain't going to tell you too much over this telephone because there's two other people listening in, maybe three. Oh, get off the line, Grandpa Stickles. I know you're on here. <laughs> He's hung up now, I guess. Well, how about it, Zade? Would it be worth something to you? Yeah, how much? Oh, well, no, never mind. No, no, I wouldn't be interested in giving out no information for that much. But I'll tell you, if you was elected on the strength of it, I could use that woodlot your mother left you up opposite the burying ground. Well, never mind no maybes, is it a dicker? All right, all right. Now, don't say nothing about it, but... Supposing you drop in here to my place soon as you can make it, huh? All right, then, yeah. Mary who? Oh, Merry Christmas. What's Mary about it? All right. <clears throat> you said only a minute. That was a lot more than that. I kept looking at the clock. That clock's fast. I, uh, I was just seeing the doors and windows was locked out there. Could we play the music now, Mr... I don't know what your name is. Eli Crump. Mine is Alice Jane Conwell. I'm pleased to meet you. Alice... Alice? Alice Jane Conwell. And I'm very pleased to meet you. Uh, well, what's the matter? Nothing. I had somebody named Alice once. That was my little girl's name. Forty years ago. Oh, and she isn't... She died. And her mother died, too. Same year. Young one died on Christmas Day. Since then... I've hated Christmas and everything about it. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. <coughs> Here, you can use this handkerchief if you want to. It's one of my daddy's big ones, but he wouldn't mind. See? It's got his initials on it. And you've been all alone ever since? Yeah. My mummy says that Christmas is the lonesomest day in the year for anybody who's all alone. That's why she made up her mind that we were never going to be away from our daddy another one. Of course, she had me. But then you've got your sister, haven't you? The lady who rented us the room. That is your sister, isn't it? Yeah. What's her name? Comfort. I don't know why. Well, you've always got her. Won't go to the old people's home. Where? Oh, no as, no as, no as. Anyway, you won't have to eat your turkey all by yourself tomorrow, will you? No. I just love Christmas. But, of course, this time it won't be like other years because there won't be any tree or presents. But we've got my father back, and that's worth more than trees or dolls or anything, isn't it? Yeah, I guess that's right. Was your little girl awful sick a long time? Oh, I guess maybe you'd rather not talk about it. She wasn't sick long. She went sudden. And her mother died six weeks afterwards of sorrow. Folks here said I killed the little one. My mother blamed me, too. Oh, I don't know why I'm talking this way to you. My mother says it helps people in trouble to talk about their sorrow. Never mind what people say. They say that about my daddy, too, in the town where we lived. But it isn't true. He gave the wrong medicine to an old, old lady. Give the wrong medicine? Told Mrs. Dutton. One night, he was all wore out. He'd been up for... Two whole days and two whole nights. He was so tired, he must have just made a mistake. Made a mistake? Yes. 
But those other doctors in the big hospital were jealous of my daddy because he was such a wonderful surgeon, and they all turned against him. They said he'd been using narcotics. That's drugs. But it wasn't true. He was just tired, that's all. And that's what he went to prison for? Manslaughter. But it really wasn't a man at all. She was an old, old lady. Oh, I told you that, didn't I? Well, that's our family trouble. Maybe you'd like to tell me more about yours now. Your hand is shaking. You aren't sick, are you? No, no, no. Well, where are you going? No, as I'm just just going to look out the window here. For Sandy? For who? Santa Claus. I guess he num- never comes until after 12 o'clock, does he? Santa Claus. <laughs> I ain't thought about him for 40 years. My goodness. You're pretty old, aren't you, Mr. Crump? Yeah, I'm awful old. Not a hundred. There's a car stopping in front of the house. Yeah, so there is. I don't believe that's Santa Claus, because he always comes with reindeer and sleigh, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Maybe we're going to see reindeers in Alaska. Listen, uh, you just step into the butler here for a minute, so... Come on, come on, you'll be all right. Yeah, here's an apple for you. You can sit there on that peck measure. Leave the door open a crack if you want to, so you won't be scared of the dark. But don't you come out now, will you? I got to talk to this fellow that's coming all by myself. All right. Don't you want me to see whoever it is? I don't want him to see you. Keep still as a mouse now. I will. Well, how are you, Lonnie? Say, Doc. Merry Christmas. Wipe your feet and sit down. Well, I skited right over here after you telephoned. Yeah, I see you did. Don't talk too loud. You'll wake up comfort. How is your sister? I can't see no change. Sick? No. Well, what do you know? What about? Well, about what you called me up about. Oh, that. I got the idea that you had something pretty interesting that you wanted to tell me, and you couldn't go into detail over the wire. Oh, yeah. About that doctor fellow that got away from Thomaston Prison. God mighty. What do you know about him? Why, uh, I think I catch sight of him. When did you? Uh, tonight. Tonight. Just a little while ago. Yeah? What makes you think it was him? Why, uh, I tell you, I, I was coming home from my other place on Injun Hill. Look, you didn't wipe your feet, now you got wet all over that rug. Hmm. I was coming home, and a fellow waylaid me and asked directions. Oh, which way was he going? Towards Kennedy? No, no, he was going south. Said he wanted to get to Boston. Well, what made you think it was this fellow Cromwell? Cornwell, Cornwell, not Cromwell. I recognized the picture in the paper here when I got home. And besides, the the other fellow with him called him Doc. Other feller? Yeah, there was another man with him in the team. Team? Parrones in a long wagon. And I heard this second fellow called him Doc. Oh, well, I don't know. He was supposed to have been seen in a car with a woman the way I got it. Yeah, this was him, all right. I got a good look at him. He got out of the wagon to kind of stretch his legs, and I looked him square in the face. Just like the picture in the evening star there. Besides, there was something else. What? He took a map out of his pocket while we was talking, and after he drove away, I picked up this handkerchief he'd pulled out with it. It was clean as a whistle, and I figured he owed something to me for my telling him the road, so I kept it. Look in the corner of it there. F.H.C. Hmm. Francis H. Conwell. That's what the paper says his name is. Gory mighty. I guess you're right. 
If I can get him before somebody else does, it'll mean two more years in office. You better get started. He was on the Injun Hill Road headed towards Lisbon? That's right, yeah. Parrones. And a man with a uh, patch over his eye. Patch over his eye? You never told me that. I just thought of it. Big black patch. Better take your gun. Well, I got it out in the car. Two pair of handcuffs. Eli, if I get them, it'll mean a lot to the both of us. There's some good timber on that lot up there by the graveyard. All right, all right. We can talk about that later on. You better get going. I guess I had. Duty calls, as I say. Uh, it's kind of too bad to be out in an errand like this on Christmas Eve. Better the day, the better the deed. That's right. And the law's the law. If I capture him, you'll get yours. Well, that is, if it gets me elected again. If I can just catch sight of him. Yeah, all right, if you can, yes. Well, here's hoping... <laughs> Happy Noel, as the Christmas cards say. Shut the door, the wind's cold. Real Christmas weather. Good night. All right, you can come out now. Well, <laughs> you were still as a mouse, all right, wasn't you? What's the matter? Cat got your tongue? I think, if you'll excuse me, you told a lie. Maybe two or three. Yeah, I've told a lot of them in my time. I don't think anybody should ever tell a lie on Christmas Eve. No, I guess maybe you're right. Nobody should, likely. And why did you? Because I thought I ought to help your folks and you get away to Kennedy. Alaska. Well, Alaska. Wherever it is your papa wants to get to. Why did that man come here anyway? Why... Was he a policeman? Sheriff. I told him to come. On the telephone a while ago. After my daddy? After your daddy. I didn't know about your daddy when I telephoned for him. I mean, I didn't know what kind of... You thought he was a bad man. That's right, yeah. Before I told you. Before you told me. I sent him out on kind of a wild goose chase so the three of you can get away from this town anyway without getting catched. It was a pretty bad lie, I think. But I don't believe God will blame you. Well, I don't know about that. I think... You think what? Was it because my name was Alice and because you had a little girl named Alice once upon a time? Partly. And partly because... Because what your daddy done was like something I'd done once myself. Something that spoiled my life. And killed somebody who shouldn't never have died. Two somebodies. I guess I don't know for sure what you're talking about. Never mind. Never mind. If you still have that handkerchief of my father's, I think you ought to wipe, wipe your eyes. <laughs> I got kind of a cold, I guess. That was pretty good about this handkerchief, wasn't it? That fooled him. There never was any man with a team asking the way to Boston, was there? Not that I know of. Or a man with a patch over his eye? No, no patch. That pirate in your picture book has one over his eye, too. Yeah, that's where I got the idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're a funny man. <laughs> but I know the whole Con Dr. Conwell family is very grateful to you for your bad lies. Well... Would you like to have me sit in your lap and show you the picture book? Why, I don't... I don't mind reading it to you a bit. Well, all right, all right. Here's the book. Well, if you put that music box on the table here, where we could reach it, maybe we could listen to the music after we read the book through. Through? I'm not a bit sleepy. Not one tiny bit. <sighs> maybe you'd rather hear the music box play first, huh? Well, whichever you prefer. Yeah, well, I'll... I'll put it here on the table. Does it have to be wound up? Turn this handle. Yeah, you do it. A little more. That's enough. 
Now, if you'd like to sit in this big chair here, I could sit in your knee and see the book nicely. Uh, well, all right. Up with you. Uh, am I too heavy for you? Nah, uh, heavy. Don't weigh as much as a cat. I love cats, don't you? Well... Do you have a cat? My sister's got two of them. Oh, gracious. That's just twice as good as one. Yeah. Now shall we start the music? Push that little thing there. This? Yeah. How many tunes does it play? Just one. There's only a cheap music box. Oh, I like that. It doesn't sing, does it? No. Do you know the words of that song? Yep. I ain't heard that music box for a long, long time. She used to like to hear that tune. My little girl, when she was here. What's the name of it? Sweet Alice, Ben Bolt. She used to play it over and over. Her mother liked it, too. But after they went, I never played it again. Until now. Yep. You're thinking of your little girl again, aren't you? She was just about as big as you and... Maybe you'd like to read the book with me. It might kind of take your mind off your troubles. I guess I never should have asked to hear the music. Yes, you should. Yes, you should. I'm glad you did. I think you should use the handkerchief again so you can see the pictures. You're going to read it to me? I'll show you the pictures. Ah. There's the pirate. Yes, with the patch over his eye. Just like that man you saw. Oh, you said you saw. Yeah. And here's his cave. Yeah, his cave. Full of gold. I wouldn't want to have much, as much gold as he had. Would you? I'd rather have two cats. Well. Over in the back of the book here, there's a picture of a fairy godmother. I think that's who she is. I guess somebody left off reading it here a long time ago. There's a piece of newspaper for a bookmark, I suppose. See? What makes it so yellow? Oh, yellow because it's old. Let me see that. I didn't know this was in here. It's been here since 1900. 1900? Goodness. What's it say? Oh, nothing much. It's just a piece of paper. That's your name, isn't it? E-L-I-C-R-U-M-P. Eli Crump. That's you. What's that next word? A-C-Q-U-I... Acquitted. I don't know what that means. Would you like to read it to me? Eli Crump was acquitted yesterday of the charge of manslaughter. Crump's plea that he give his small daughter Alice medicine from the wrong bottle by mistake while he was under the influence of liquor, drunk at the barn raising at Lisbon, was evidently credited... By the jury. Oh. Now, now you see why I felt sorry for your father. I only hope he won't have the kind of punishment I've had ever since it happened. Because if he's going to, if he's going to, I'd wish him dead. I'm kind of sleepy. <sighs> Maybe if I could put my head back further. I guess I ought to be taking you upstairs to your bed. Oh, I like it here where it's warm. Well... You want to play the music again? No. Maybe if you'd sing to me like my mommy did. Sing? (laughs) I couldn't sing no more than a crow. 
Never heard of crows sing. Guess we'll see a lot of penguins up in Alaska, if we ever get there. You're going to get there. At least I'm going to see that you get started out of here in the morning, safe and sound. It sounds as if you wanted us to go. I know. Not you. I wish... Godfrey, I wish you could stay on and on. <sighs> if you don't start to sing pretty soon, I'm afraid I'll be too sleepy to enjoy it. All right. Remember, it's at your risk. I got to get you stowed away upstairs pretty soon because I got some work to do before I go to bed. Work? Got to kill old turkey gobbler for tomorrow. Well, that's right. Tomorrow's Christmas, isn't it? I'm almost forgotten about it. I don't know where we'll be eating our turkey. Wish we could stay here to help keep you company. I wish so, too. I wish so, too, Alice. Sing. Oh, don't you remember Sweet Alice Ben Bolt Sweet Alice whose hair was so brown My hair is really yellow, isn't it? Yeah. Who wept with delight When you gave her a smile and trembled with fear at you. You've just heard Parker Fenley in the title role of his fine play, Christmas Eve at Crump's. The rest of the cast in tonight's performance included Agnes Young as Comfort, Joe Latham as Zadok, and little Carol Peterson as Alice. Christmas Eve at Crump's was a presentation of the Listener's Playhouse and came to you over the blue network of the National... At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.